had never played on a losing team. I, I didn't know you could work hard and lose. Welcome to Hoop Nerds with Billy Kegler, presented by the Wisconsin Basketball Coaches Association. We talk to coaches, athletes, and more to learn from their stories and apply learning lessons to improve each individual and stimulate growth for your program, team, staff, and self. Follow along as we explore success and failure en route to improving the game of basketball. Coach Albright, welcome to the Hoop Nerds. Glad to be here, Billy. Well, I've been excited to talk to you because your Badger teams were a part of my childhood, having an older sister who was fully invested in Badger ball at the time. But I don't want to start there. I'm curious about your general mindset. So when you're competing, are you driven by the fear of losing or the joy of winning that competition? Well, that's an excellent question. And I think that um, people will tell you that Actually, there's two school of thoughts there. Some people say people are motivated by either excellence or joy. And either they're trying to be really, really good at something or they like the feeling that it gives them as far as joy. Other people will tell you that people are motivated by love or by fear. Um, I'm from the category of the first group, and I'm definitely a joy person. Um, I really enjoy my teams. I, I don't think I really... I mean, obviously, I wanted to win every game we we coached as a you know staff and all that. Really, for our kids, it brings a lot of of joy with it. But really, the relationships and the community and the community service we got to do and the, the those things are much more meaningful for me. And when I look back at my career, that's really what I have the best memory about. It's interesting because I run a tournament now and I talk to them all the time is my goal is to make sure the kids have a memorable experience because I often remember things from my playing time and my coaching time that have nothing to do with the court. And so I'm curious, what's one of your memories from your coaching career off the court that sticks with you that you reflect on? Well, I mean, I don't know that I regularly reflect on a lot of them. Things come up to remind me of something. A coach from a college coach actually called me yesterday from Minnesota about another issue, and um, he was talking with me about the time that I had to suspend seven players when I was coaching, and uh, we were in the WNIT run. In fact, we went on to win it, but um, we had a no drinking policy at the time. It was the only year I ever had a no drinking policy. But I started that because we started zero and three in the Big Ten, and I got really mad at my team and. Just made them sign something right there that you know if you do if you have anything to drink you, you have a one game suspension and I got an email um, the day before we were playing in the third round of the NIT that said they had someone had seen seven of my players at the nitty gritty celebrating a birthday and I didn't want to read the email but I I had read it and um, so I called them in and asked them and one of the things I was really extremely happy about all the time is nine times out of ten my players told me the truth they knew that I valued truth and if I could teach them truth it was a wonderful thing so seven hands immediately was six hands immediately shot up and the seventh kind of halfway went up went down couldn't decide and then said well did I and then everybody looked at her and she shot her hand up so I basically said be at the game tomorrow and you aren't playing and you know, so that that started kind of a good, bad, ugly, wonderful. Nobody really knew what to do with it. But, um, you know, believe it or not, <laughs> the story ends well because um, 
basically they knew they had done something they weren't supposed to, and the the ones that got to play, there are only seven that dressed out that that next night, and I think we won by in the twenties. Um, my players, my team, that they just went crazy and um, really responded to their chance to, you know, fight for what we were trying to do. And then the I think we it was either two or three starters that were involved. I can't remember those details, but that that's something because it's um, it's an educational moment for young people. And I, I think that believe it or not, sports that's the best thing about them is that they do teach life lessons. And I had a young lady tell me probably 15 years after that happened that that was one of her life-changing moments. Um, so I think that sports can teach us that you have consequences. And if it's done well and in, in the spirit of education, we certainly as coaches have the opportunity to do those things. Although in a perfect world, I wish I had never read the email. <laughs> Well, you have respect for yourself because you know you had to do the right thing, but also you develop respect with those players for you because it's not easy for young women, you know, when they know they've done something wrong, uh, young people in general try to skirt around it. So what is it about you and your teams that you were able to develop that generated that respect from them to you? Well, I think they knew I was fair to them. Um, You know, they, if they were... They got to play because they were the best players. Their minutes were not because I liked one of them better or because anything, any other issues. And I think that they knew I was fair to them. But I think they know that I cared about them a lot too. And uh, I think I'm, I'm, I subscribe to the school of, you know, that they don't really know how much you know until they know how much you care about them. And they knew I cared about them. I would go through walls for them and, and, um, they responded really well to, to play really, really hard, and they were very, very talented. I had teams some places that played really, really hard that weren't very talented, and um, it didn't always always bring out a win, but um, certainly my teams at Wisconsin, they were very talented and, and um, very wonderful people, very great kids, and um, very, very great memories there. So if you had to have one team versus the other, a talented team, or a hard-working team, which one would you choose? Well, I think I would choose a talented team because I think you could talk them into working hard. Um, hard work is can be, you can reward people and teach them that, uh, you know, if you're just hard-working and you're competing, trying to win, and you're not good enough, it can be awfully frustrating. So if I had to, I, I think that Hard work, most of the time you can get better at something, but, you know, there's something to be said for talent that you can, you know, I always felt like I could mold them into why you should work hard, why you should do this, why you shouldn't. So talent was, um, I I think that would be hard for a coach to say, although I would not take a talented team without character. That's fair. So if you had... The, re- the rewards you mentioned, what are some of the things, tools that you use as rewards for them to help them know that, hey, you're on the right path as far as your work ethic here and you want them to continue that? Well, I think words of affirmation uh, was something that I always really believed in. You know, one-on-one talks with people, young person just, you know, t- talking to her. Why did you think this was right? Why did you, you know, how good do you think you can be setting goals um, we celebrate little victories and big victories. Ice cream. I mean, after wins, getting them ice cream, um, days off, movies. I mean, anything tangible. You know, for a, a young person who is in college, time is probably 
what they need more than anything else. And so a day off or some time off or short practices in February, this time of year in February, I bet we didn't practice, but about an hour, an hour and 15 minutes a day. And they really played most, most of the years they played really well in February. Um, so I think that depending on the individual, lots of awards, you know, for one person, loud music might be a reward to be able to play loud music in a locker room. For another person, a reward might be quiet, just being able to be still and going on a long walk. So you have to kind of individually figure out what a person, it's not the same for everybody, not everybody. Most people like ice cream, but um, maybe a brat. Uh, my teams love to eat. They love brats and meat and, you know, a lot of food. So we, we definitely reward food was a, a big motivator for Badger ball teams. Awesome. All right. I want to hit the rewind button. And prior to Badger ball time, can you recall the first time you coached something, anything, whether it was basketball or not, and a memory that sticks with you from it that drove you in your coaching career? I mean, I, I think early on when I was a high school coach and just that's probably where I fell in love with teams and how teams work, uh, the good and the bad about teams, how you can work really, really hard. You know, my the only only record of my 40 years of coaching that I remember was my first year as a high school coach. We were three and 17. And I had never played on a losing team. I, I didn't know you could work hard and lose. And to work, you know, when you work hard, you got an A. When you work hard, you got to start. When you, you know, I was from that, you know, my life had been pretty sheltered. Um, so to be on a team that worked really, really, really hard and and lost and lost and lost. And I, I can remember putting pieces together of just a team that worked, not a win, but things that worked. Because back then, Billy, believe it or not, there was no ESP and there was no internet. There was no way to learn basketball. I had to read books and go to medalist clinics to figure it out. So when it did work, I can remember, you know, even an inbounds play, like putting in an inbounds play and just seeing the teamwork, the pass, the screen, the you're just, just seeing the teamwork, um, obviously getting to work for Pat Summit and um, seeing her put in a system of offense, defense, that was something that, that's probably where I fell in love with basketball. Uh, before it was just the teamwork piece, I think, but being on her staff and really getting to go to the first NCAA Final Four um, as a as a coach was a an unforgettable experience, and again, it was just the this is what a team can do, you know, when all the pieces work together and they're talented. As many listeners know, I spent over six years as a general manager at Just the Game Fieldhouse in Wisconsin Dells. I was able to spend time talking hoops with coaches like Tom Izzo, along with high school and youth coaches, in addition to meeting some basketball legends, including my childhood favorite, Sam Elkey, who is in the WBCA Hall of Fame and High School Basketball Museum, located at Just the Game Fieldhouse, which is a must-visit for any true hoop nerd. They also play host to the WBCA All-Star Games and Coaches Clinic every year. Just a Game hosts over 70 basketball and volleyball tournaments annually and is a great place to play for teams of all ages and ability levels. You can't beat all Wisconsin Dells has to offer in your free time. The Fieldhouse also has two sister companies in Just a Game Impressions and Just a Game Live. Just a Game Impressions specializes in customized screen printing and embroidery and promotional products. They serve businesses, schools, sports teams, and more. Just a Game Live takes pride in providing affordable and simple live streaming solutions for venues or programs of all kinds. Inquire today for more information. 
For more info on everything Just the Game has to offer, check them out at justthegamefieldhouse.com. All right, so you mentioned Coach Summit, and this is one thing I wanted to ask you about because this is a childhood memory of mine. The Tennessee Volunteers came to play at the Fieldhouse, and obviously you have a connection there, but Coach Summit, the Volunteers in that time don't have to play anybody at their home court. Anybody would right. have to go there. How were you able to get that game in Madison? Oh, Pat was a dear friend of mine. I asked her to come. That was all it took. You you can even laugh a little more because she actually came to DeKalb, Illinois, to play too. And a funny story there that has nothing to do with Badger ball is that people would ask me why I liked DeKalb, and I would say we we were ahead at halftime. You know, her team was in this little Chick Evans field house. They didn't feel like playing that night. They were playing Northern Illinois. Why would they go to the field house? Why why did they do this? Um, and we were winning. And so, of course, in the second half, I'm sure, who knows what Pat said to him at halftime, but they must have beaten us by 20 points. But the headline in the local paper said, Lady Vols come from behind to defeat Huskies. And I thought, only in DeKalb, Illinois, can that say that. It wouldn't have even said that in Madison. But, you know, Pat was a person who believed in growing the game. She believed in helping friends. She was very loyal to me. I can remember, I mean, she would... She, Pat was a great, great lady, and, and she invested in, in the people who had invested in her. So during that time, as Badger Ball was taking off, and some of the names I remember, Katie Voigt, Barb Frankie, Keisha Anderson, how did you get to a point where you knew you had turned the corner of having a successful program, right? And then how, how did your mindset change once you were there? Well, I, I definitely I remember that exact moment because we – at the time, Penn State and Purdue were the big, big names. You know, Lynn Dunn and Rennie Portland were the big names, and they were the ones that were the one-two spot. And we played them my first year away, you know, both of them. But at the time, the Big Ten, it would you would have a two-year schedule. So the next year, they came to us for a weekend. And they were, you know, they would win the league pretty much every year. And we, there was about, my memory would be about 10 inches of snow. I don't really even know. I just know that I thought, oh, man, I finally think we can beat, you know, that it's my second year, the top team. You know, we're not going to have anybody there. It's just going to be terrible. And I was almost late getting in to the field house because it was so many people there, probably about 6,000 if you looked it up. But they, they came sensing that something was going to happen. And that weekend, we beat both of them. Um, uh, again, you'd have to check my memory to make sure it's correct, but I'm pretty positive because I remembered when we did beat those two teams that I, you know, that, that was the group that kind of put it on the map. Like we can beat, you know, we can hang with those, you know, they, they beat us last year. We didn't quite have it, but now they didn't. And that was, uh, I think that was the, just the, the coming out party for Badger ball. Um, I think it was the same year. 99% sure is the same year we beat Stanford. It was Latanya's freshman year, I think. The first game in the Fieldhouse, we'd have to look that up again. But when Stanford came, and I think Latanya, I don't know how many she had, but they didn't know about her. They knew about everybody else, but not Latanya. And um, that might have been my third year. I don't, I don't remember exactly, but I know that we beat them, and I know that Latanya did really, really well. So that was the initial we've turned the corner, we've arrived. And I think that really helped us with our recruiting because it helped us get Jesse and Tamara and some of the, the players we got, got Amy Wiersma to stay home in Wisconsin. 
um, you know, got Kelly Paulus, Dee Dee, all those people to, to stay in Wisconsin. So then after that moment, did your coaching, your language, your approach change or did you stick with what got you there? Oh, I think we just we just coached the personnel that we had. You know, uh, I told you the other day when we were talking on the phone, Mary Murphy left me with a gold mine. You know, when I, I didn't know how good the players were until I the first day of practice, October 15th, when we practiced, I was like, I remember just telling Sue, like, are you kidding me? Like, we get to coach this team. And really, our quest was to get them to get along because that was kind of the documented, you know, they, they didn't get along. They didn't like each other. And, and fortunately, that's one of the ways the Lord has wired me that I can I can pretty much get people to get along. I can talk to them until they understand each other and get along and are on the same page. And we got them on the same page. And and that was really, really fun. All right. So you occasionally make a trip back to Madison here or there. Oh, yeah. Where's your go-to dinner spot when you visit Madison? Well, um, I have to go to the gritty. You know, I'm upset that they got rid of those, uh, the fries, wedges kind of they used to have. They have a different one. But um, I, I always have to go to the gritty and, and get something. I love their um, restaurant, Biagi's. It's over on the west side, I believe, the Italian restaurant. But Madison has so many new restaurants that, you know, I mean, a lot of the old ones are gone, I think. But um, I I always go to the gritty. All right. So now that you're not coaching, tell us what you're doing to keep yourself busy every day. Well, I, I um, am a business owner. I opened up a Christian bookstore slash coffee shop um, gift shop in my little hometown. I live in the house now that I grew up in. It was built in the 50s and I've redone it. And so it's actually two blocks from downtown and I was, my store is there and I get to go visit a lot of people. I travel a lot. I go to a lot of games, cheer for a lot of my friends, watch a lot of games on you know, TV. Go. To, I've got a little cabin in the mountains. I go to the beach, the mountains. It's uh, a lot of visiting, a lot of, I feel like a lot of people poured into me in my life during my whole professional career. So now I get to uh, pour back into their lives. Yeah, last week we were talking, you were driving to a game to watch a former player coach. So when mm -hmm. you're sitting in the stands watching, are you able to turn your coaching brain off and enjoy it? Or are you still trying to, to uh, dictate some of the action? I don't try to dictate it, but I am a nervous wreck. You know, one of my former players is coaching Oklahoma State, and I went down to, to Stillwater to see her about probably, it was her first Big 12 win. So it was in early January. And I thought I was going to throw up. I mean, I, I've never been nervous when I coached. I just, that was not my personality to be nervous. Maybe you knew you couldn't or your players would pick up. I thought I was in the stands. A whole bunch of my former players were there too. And they were like looking at me like, who is this lady? But I, I really, now if I'm in my living room watching, I don't get that nervous. But I, I feel it when my former players are doing the coaching because I know how hard they work to try to get the W. All right, two questions, not basketball related. This one's from my sister. I'll give her a shout out. Where did the name James Gems come from? Who came up with it? My brother, my brother, Don Albright. He came up with Badger Ball. And I think my other brother, Jim, came up with James Gems. And JC, my player in uh, Oklahoma, they're using JC's Gems down there. So tell your sister that kind of is not patented. You know, my older brother, um, when he came up with a whole, we, we knew we were going to go fast and play fast and the whole badger ball thing. And 
and someone told me to patent it. And I was like, we're not patenting it. It's just, it's what we play. Like I wanted everybody to have a badger ball on everything. So we didn't, you know, patent it at all. And we loved everybody putting it everywhere. It's like, put it just, this is badger ball. So it was really, really fun for us. Yeah, it was great marketing. All right. I need you to use your imagination a bit for me. So if you open a refrigerator and you look inside of it, what one item inside that refrigerator best identifies with who you are as a person and why? What's in there? Well, it, it would probably be some type of fresh fruit. You know, I I just love fresh fruit. I love kind of healthy. Um, that's what I buy, the, the berries, the blueberries. Right now in my refrigerator, I've got blueberries, raspberries, dewberries. I mean, it's just uh, how I like to eat and... Um, I know it's kind of boring. It wasn't always like that. I think there were a lot of years that if you came, when I was working and you came, my refrigerator would be full of processed food and takeout, and not much takeout is in it now. It's mostly what I've cooked. I've actually taken cooking lessons, and I cook. So, you know, maybe you should have said spice rack, and then I could have given you a really, really fun answer. But All right, no. let's do it. Give me oh. the spice from the spice rack. Uh, well, ginger, maybe. Something exotic, you know, that you don't put. I like love to bake bread. I just baked bread this week, and I put lavender and rosemary in it. So those were my spices that I put in the bread that I bake. So after coaching, there's a lot of fun things. So you don't have time to – bread takes a couple of days, you know, by the time you let it sit out and all that. And you never have time for any of that. In fact, my players, when they come visit me now, my former players, they'll be like, you cook? what you cook and i'm like oh man there's a whole world of fresh food that is not processed that you can eat that tastes really good i love it well coach albright thanks for taking the time to share with us on the hoop nerds i enjoyed it good luck to you and go badgers i just wanted to give a quick shout out to my friends at dr dish basketball I've been associated with their products for a few years now, and I'm really impressed by their innovative and user-friendly shooting machines. They also are great people with tremendous customer service. It's no wonder why they have become the preferred choice among top programs around the country and world. I'm very grateful for their support of the show. Make sure to check them out at drdishbasketball.com and at drdishbball on social media. Be sure to mention WBCA when ordering your next Dr. Dish to save an extra $300 off any commercial purchase.